0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. It's uh, around February, March of last year at uh, 20 at early 2022 and we were getting calls about the rollover and the jackpot wasn't being won and it went on and on and on and on and on and then eventually the dog got involved and then eventually the National Lottery said well, we'll, we'll have a must be one draw uh, in other words there has to be a winning ticket and it's now emerged that um, somebody bought countless thousands of lottery tickets now there's no maybe you can help me there's no idea of finding out how many tickets they bought but we do know that 45,000 of the tickets he or she bought won them some money. Now it's obviously small amounts of money in the lotto or whatever for two numbers or whatever but the total the total amount won by this person with the 45,000 winning tickets we don't know how many other tickets was 425,000 euro 425 813 euro 425,000 euro now just to buy the 180 sorry just to buy the 45,000 tickets which obviously they bought much more because every ticket is not a winner in the lot- a winner in the lotto that would have cost him or her 180,000 so what was the purpose of buying countless thousands of lotto tickets and um, then I don't know how you do I don't know how you do it even do you buy them online or do you go into shops to buy um, countless thousands of lotto tickets and is does it mean that is the lotto addictive is it addictive are people addicted to the lotto and once they heard it was a, such a big prize they went absolutely crazy and spent a lot more, a lot more than €180,000 on uh, tickets. That's just one mathematical question. Also, is the lotto, is it addictive? Now, we're going to be dealing with numbers of a different different order in our first two calls because Dave Fahey contacted us. And uh, Dave, I think the the number that will be relevant here is 0.05%. Dave, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, so yesterday, Joe, I was in Wexford Town doing my grocery uh-huh. shopping. Yesterday being Sunday, obviously. I was in around 11am and I spotted a nice bottle of Santa Rita, alcohol-free. Okay. 0.4% content. Right. Um, so every now and again, I said I'd treat myself as I gave up um, alcohol four years ago. So I right. proceeded to the checkout. Yeah. And I was refused the sale of wine, of the alcohol-free wine. She said she stated she couldn't serve alcohol before twelve thirty. Now mm-hmm. I said it's non-alcoholic. She said it doesn't matter; it falls under the same umbrella. So she declined my purchase. Okay. Anyway, fast forward a few hours later, about two p.m., I was in another well-established supermarket in Wexford. Me and my girlfriend were having a browse around and lo and behold, I spotted the alcohol-free Santorita that I wanted to buy. Okay. In a completely separate aisle called the Zero Zone. Okay. So I picked up the wine and I went to the self-serve checkout. Now I'm 33 years old, Joe, bear in mind. So I was the individual carrying the non-alcoholic wine. I was the individual at the checkout and mm. I was the person that was trying to purchase this wine. So the assistant on the checkout didn't ask for my ID but insisted on seeing my girlfriend's ID. Um, my girlfriend produced yeah. a digital photo of her passport on her phone and she declined to serve me the alcohol um, because she said I could be buying it for my girlfriend. Now, a bottle of Listerine mouthwash has 26.9% alcohol content in it. The bottle of wine, alcohol-free wine, mm-hmm. I wanted, has 0.4% alcohol. That's 67 times less than a bottle of mouthwash. So what's going on in this country? What's, what's the big deal around not being able to buy alcohol-free before 1230 and why do you need ID to buy it? And just come back to you, you were scanning yourself, was this a self-service checkout? Self-service, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so so if you put a bottle of alcohol up on the self service a member a member of staff is alerted yes ah, alerted so that's how they came over that's how they came yeah. over to you okay they came over and said who's buying the who's buying the drink and you said yep me obviously I said, I'm the one purchasing it and she said I need uh, I need to see your girlfriend's ID and, and I, I said but, but, but it's alcohol free yeah but how do you know it was your girlfriend yeah well coupled <laughs> together <laughs> okay yeah it could be brother and sister uh, yeah father and um, so uh, they said why like did you apart from just saying no it's, I, I'm not buying anything why did I show you my ID did your did your girlfriend have ID? She had a picture of her passport on her phone. She showed her that and she said, we can't accept anything digital. It has to be the real, oh, for God's sake. The real version. Um, so on I the said, one hand, it, they're asking you, uh, hang on, on the one hand, they're asking you to go through a self-service checkout, which is the height of digital and technology. You just scan it yourself and you, uh-huh. you whack your pre- credit card there or whatever at the end. And then they say, no, we can't take anything digital. Like, yep, a, like a photograph on your phone. That's correct. Um, I should have asked for a manager there and then, but I actually, I laughed about it at the time. But the more I thought about it, the more ridiculous it sounds. Um, you know, is it false advertisement that they're putting up alcohol-free and then you can't buy it without ID? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the laws around this are. Yeah, but, uh, uh, the laws apparently are very straightforward. If if you um, if your product is point um, zero five, that's the uh, that's the alcoholized. You don't need a license to sell it. Okay, um, point you, yours was point four percent, so you don't need you you only need a license. Sorry, after point five percent. So you were under the, the limit, but surely this is just a shop saying, well, we can do what we want to do. It's our shop. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It's not what they're saying. But, but, it, but it's alcohol-free, more or less, point so, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's labelled. Yeah. Um, I just Low alcohol is no more than 1.2% uh, volume. Alcohol-free is no more than point. Zero five percent. That's one twentieth of one percent. And low alcohol free products are point five of a percent. And there's a half of a percent. Um, so if, if it's above half of a percent, you need a license. But and you don't have to be over eighteen apparently to buy them. Mm. Um, but is it is it? You know, some shops now. Well, a lot of shops haven't actually have a cordoned off. You've answered this already indirectly, haven't you? Which is zero zone, a cordoned off area for alcohol. Um, Yeah. In the the alcohol aisle, there's these um, doors, push doors. Yeah, yeah, correct. And And I presume they can lock. Completely away from that, called the zero zone. Zero zone. Okay. Yeah. It looks like they were wrong, but I don't know what you can do about it. By the way, what what price was it? Is it the same? Five euro. Five euro. Five euro, yeah. Well, that's not bad then, because you, you discover that mostly, like the, the no sin gin is the same price as the commit every sin under the 12 commandments gin. Isn't yeah. It? Um, It'd if, be a good price d- if you could get served Guinness, Guinness Zero is, I think, around the same price as a can of Guinness. Can of mm. Guinness, well, that's 5% five, five or whatever. But the, 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 you see, how do I ask this question, Dave? Does your, does your girlfriend look under no, she doesn't. Oh, she, she doesn't. She must have been. Okay, she said your girlfriend. Yeah, your girlfriend, and you had a, your was your girlfriend bagging the the products for you? No, you, I, you? I I I was the person who brought it up to the till, the self serve checkout. I was the person who scanned it, and I was the person who was about to pay for it. Okay, she, and the so, checkier didn't ask me for ID. But ask my girlfriend for ID. So you left without the five euro bottle of uh, the alcohol. I left without wine. five euro bottle of wine. Yeah. And do you know? Did you did you have the other bottle of wine? No, no. You see, I gave up alcohol. I know that. I know ago. that. But but sorry. Did you? What does the alcohol wine taste like? I suppose is my semi-intelligent question. 
I don't know. I, I, I wanted okay. to find out, but, okay. but I didn't okay. get that far. And to come back to Listerine, Listerine has ethanol. Now, I know some of them now are alcohol-free, but is, is ethanol, does it have the same effect on you as, as beer, as al- alcohol and beer or whiskey or whatever? I'm not sure. Because if that's the case, if, if Listerine was 29%, sure, that's, whiskey is 40%. Mm-hmm. No, but as I see it, it has it has um, um, it has ethanol. It doesn't say alcohol, but it, but but there is. My memory is there's a close relationship between eth- ethanol and alcohol. Um, I don't know who is the statement from. I don't know who is the statement from. Who's it from? Tesco, sorry, Tesco. We take the responsible retailing of alcohol seriously. Of course, we all do. Across our business, to we operate a Think Twenty Five. Alcohol sales policy of which we are audited for compliance and regularly. What's Think 25? Um, certain non-alcoholic products contain a small percentage of alcohol. As such, we act responsibly and apply our Think 25 policy to, I presume it's age 25. No no, and low alcohol products do not have restricting uh, restricted trading hours. Um, any customer wishes to purchase non-alcoholic or alcohol-containing products can f- expect the Think 25 to be observed with shopping in store. So if you're under 25, you can't buy drink in uh, that has any amount of alcohol from 0.5 upwards um, in, or even below 0.5, as in your case. Um, they say, when they, they, they presume we all know what Think 25, their policy means, but I'm, I presume it means if you don't look 25, at least 25, you're not getting it. And that's their rules. That's their rules. Yeah. That's what they say. Okay, okay. Dave, thanks indeed. That's Dave Fahey. PJ Lawson. PJ, this scam, just give people another warning because it's going around and round for a long time. Uh, again, we're down to uh, talking numbers. We're not talking the lotto, about the lotto, but this is a scam. What happened, PJ? Yes, indeed, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. I got um, a text last Thursday evening from EFLO. Yeah saying that my account will be disabled due to a failure to ah, accept yeah. our new terms condition. The, yeah. the usual, that's, God, that's, I, that's under, I think I got one from Maria. One from Yeah, Maria, exactly. Yeah, now, Maria, now yeah. I think I'm fairly uh, savvy about I, I I listen to all the warnings about okay. th- that are going around from the revenue and on Post and Vodafone. But um, I, I was definitely in the camp that I will never be caught by one of these. But... Right. Um, I did go in and I clicked on the link. And don't ask me why, but I did. Ah, okay, okay. Did. And and I went through um, went through everything and gave my details. Right. So that was okay. I uh, put my phone down, and a couple of hours later, I got a call, and um, the caller said, "Hello, my name is." And he mm-hmm. gave his name from the Bank of Ireland fraud. Okay. I yeah. said, I said um, good evening, and, and uh, yeah. they said w- we have uh, suspicious activity on your account. Right. Well, that's, and, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I said this is good. I said he said then by any chance did you get a text from from Revenue or Vodafone or Impost or EFLOW in the last couple of hours? Or I said mm. well I did actually I got one from EFLOW. Okay. And did you reply to it? I said I did. Yeah. So he said, "Okay, well, I think." Um, Are you, you, now, when, you, when you say PJ, just to be clear, when you say yeah. you replied, you did give them your bank details. I did. Yeah, okay, I know. I know. We've yeah. all had that moment yeah. of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've that's, that, that's what they thrive on. They're hoping to catch you at a yeah, dist- distracted hope. moment or something. Yeah, distracted moment. Yeah, I'm just out of hospital after oh, after okay. a um, okay, after sorry. a knee replacement, so they cut oh. me. But anyway. Um, so he said, okay, well, listen, um, he, he offered his sympathies. He said, the first thing I want you to do is, mm-hmm. is destroy the card straight away. Okay. And I'm going to put a block on it. It was your debit card, basically, was it? Uh, my debit card. Okay, I, you, said, that's, I, I said, that's yeah. great. And what we'll do is we will send you out a new one in the next three to five working days. Okay. And uh, we, we would also like you to contact the guardie. Yeah, of course. So I said, fine. So, so the next thing he said, okay, I want to go through <coughs> these um, uh, uh, what have come in. Have you made a booking recently with Booking.com? Oh, good luck. Well, that, oh, yeah. And I said, no. Yeah. 
Well, there's one here from um, in Hong Kong dollars. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Mm, he said, okay, I'll go on to yeah. another one. He said, another one here from Lana Crawford in, in Cork. I said, no. But he, he said, yeah, I see you're in Dublin, but uh, because, uh, because we're keeping an eye on things here in the bank, we just want to uh, make sure that you weren't doing any transactions in Cork. So I said, that's great. So he said, um, just give me a few minutes and I'll uh, see, can I arrange a refund for you? Okay. So he went off and he came back. He said, yeah, I spoke to my manager. We can arrange a refund. Mm. In a couple of minutes, you get um, a verification code. And when you get that code, then you you get uh, an option to swipe. And you need to swipe to approve the credit that we will be sending you. Okay. So that all came through. And um, he he did three different transactions for three different amounts. Now, he said, there's another one here which I can't get, but what I'll do is I'll ring you tomorrow. So yeah. that kind of ended, that ended the conversation. And then. he sounded convincing. Oh, absolutely convincing, yeah. Okay, okay. He, he, so, so take us forward, yes. What, what happened yeah, next? Yeah, take it forward. And so I, I was kind of sleeping on this, and I thought uh, after a while, I said, how do I know? This guy was from Bank of Ireland Fraud. Mm. So I rang Bank of Ireland Fraud and I said, do you have a guy called, and he gave the name that he gave me. Mm-hmm. And he sa- and they said, oh yeah, we do. We have, yeah, he works here. Oh, I said, okay. Um, I'm just double checking because I was a bit suspicious of a call I got. Um, and I just want to make sure that everything is okay. So I told him his story and then he said, Give me your card number and I'll check it. So we checked it. And he said, there's no stuff on your card. So and I said, so the, straight away, straight yeah. away then the alarm bells went off. Yeah. So he said to me, the guy you were talking to was the foster. Wow. Yeah. That is so, some smart operation. The, 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 this, is, this, is, this is up a new level. So I thought, I said, yeah, fair I have play to bring in because... Okay, so yeah. to just to remind people, you, you yeah. like, we've all done it from time to time, but you yeah. you got a text saying your e-flow, e- you're going to get busted, and given everyone wants to keep their e-flow uh, in it, it order because, yeah. because the fines you get on for not paying a toll are... Correct. Astronomical, yeah. Ast- unfair, unfair, and astronomical, and disproportional. Yeah. But that's a separate day's argument. Now, um, so you gave the details, and then how soon afterwards did the Bank of Ireland Maria Fraud Department ring you? Maria, I'd say about two hours later. Okay. Yeah, about two hours later. And then, then but, he, and, he, and, he, and then he had a, he had um, he had all the exact same, um, almost word for word. That the Bank of Ireland, the real Bank of Ireland gave me. We want to destroy it. Please destroy your card. Yeah. We get we get you a new one in post. Please, please inform the guardie that we've been <clears throat> that we've been scammed. And then he said, "What I do is now I give you a case study reference that you ever, if you ever want to contact the fraud department, take this number down." Of course, then when I asked the yeah. The real guy in the Bank of Ireland, he said, no, we never give out a case study reference. And they, you think they harvested a name from that department? They somehow, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like they've done it before. Yeah, yeah it's easy enough, isn't it? Just, just so, so, them up and, so they were yeah, telling you yeah, the, yeah. The, the first scam caller, not the first scam, the first scam was uh, sending you the text, but the first scam caller um, said to you, cut up your card and gave you the impression your card was now null and void and you weren't... Oh. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He, yeah, said, so, I, I, he, he, he actually went off for a few seconds and he said, now, that card is null and void. Now, make sure you destroy it. Okay. And the second yeah, thing, yeah. the second thing that that call did was it convinced you that the Bank of Ireland were on top of it. Absolutely. So there was nothing yeah. more for you to do. Nothing, nothing at all for me to do. We'll contact you in a few days okay. and, and, uh, and your, your refund will be through to your, your account in a few days. And in the meantime... The, the scammer is beavering away with your credit card, you thinking it's it's been cut in two. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. yeah. And when, yeah, when yeah. like, were you asleep? Were you lying awake, PJ, when you said, oh, hang on a minute, what's that, that sounded fishy? 
it was very much awake, yeah. But okay. you know, as as you know, as as they say, it can happen. It can happen to everyone, and and just happen. Yeah, to but what was who, it? Sorry, miss. What sorry. was it in his in the scam call that you believed, and I would have believed? What was it in the scam call that had you twisting and turning that night, and then? rechecking with the bank where, when you did discover it. Was, oh, oh, sorry. What was yeah, it in yeah. his, his call that that rattled you? Yeah, I, I'm with you now. Well, well, there was nothing really because it, it was highly professional. It was just because we're, we're made so aware, don't don't answer any numbers mm-hmm. you don't know. And I said, um, how do I know? Just in, just the, the alarm bells went off. How do I know he was from Bank of Ireland fraud? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that was it, basically. So I said, yeah. I'm going to make the call. Okay. okay. You know, so... I, and and what, I, 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 do you, how much have you lost? Do you know? Of course I know, yeah. A couple of thousand, Joe. Oh, my God, PJ. Yeah. He, he, three different transactions. And one he mentioned, the Lane Crawford one, in in Cork, yeah. um, I said I'm going to do a bit of research myself because if they ordered online, say, yeah. from this Cork, um, they might not give me the information. They might give it to the guards. Mm-hmm. If if they order stuff, there must be a delivery address. And of course, when they went in, of course, and found out they're an online store in Hong Kong. Yeah, there's no there's no such company in Cork. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so they're, they're they're really, really, they're really um, getting more and more sophisticated, aren't they? They're getting more and more sophisticated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that trick, yeah, I, that trick uh, of saying to you, "Please destroy your card now," is yeah. so watertight, so convincing. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's why. You know, that's why I believe them. Hmm. You know, that's and 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 the fact that I had. Uh, Answered the text a couple of hours. He left it for two hours. You know, he didn't ring straight away. Yeah. You know, uh, this is this is the the Bank of Ireland fraud, and we know there's unusual activity on your account. You know, okay. it's um, it's it's it definitely is. I'm sorry, it happened so, to you now. It, five weeks. Yeah, I know. From I, know I, I just wanted to get it. Yeah, out no, there well that, done, well done, yeah. well done. And I, no, you no, know, just that it's I, it's a, a warning to everybody yeah. that. Yeah, that but these they're, guys are, but they're getting more. Yeah. That's a double, a double blind, as they say. They, they, they ring you after they get the initial info. They ring you to tell you you've been scammed, and yeah, to give absolutely. you the impression that the scam has been rumbled by the bank. So you don't ring yeah. the bank because the bank, in your belief, has just rung rung you to say yeah. it's rumbled and it's yeah. gone. And yeah, in the meantime, yeah. and in the meantime, they are um, beavering away, robbing your money. Yeah. Yeah, five yeah, weeks yeah. of Christmas. Um, PJ, and I just say to people, like, remember, there is a postal system in this country, and if eFlow or Vodafone or anyone else is urgently trying to contact you to say, yeah, you you need to reactivate or deactivate or give them your bank details, they can put a letter in the post if it's that to your house. They have your address, obviously. Oh, I they know. Have your yeah, address, yeah, yeah. But, but the way just ignore, are just ignore there, all they, those texts. Just ignore that, them. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but the way things are gone now, I think a lot of, you know, they're they're not sending out bills and posts now I anymore. Know, know, everything, know, everything is, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is online, like you know, so. Yeah, the good news, I, I hope, is anyway that the real Bank of Ireland, I want to say, where the guy I spoke to was unbelievable, oh, excellent. Good. Oh, that's good. He was answered me for about an hour, and oh, uh, and he was trying to do his yeah. best. Yeah, he was doing his best, and he said to me, "What we do is we will send you a text." <laughs> he said, "You can open it. There won't there won't be a, okay. there won't be a link, and it'll it'll uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to refund our money." Okay, but uh, I won't be able to know that for definitely for three to five working days. So, yeah, and that is the genuine Bank of Ireland. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that's the genuine Bank of Ireland. Oh, by the way, the verification code that the scammer said uh, came through on my genuine Bank of Ireland text. Wow, they are sophisticated. So, so they are really, really yeah. Uh, so, so for so so far ahead okay. of the game. It's, it's unbelievable, yeah. Tell me, PJ, do you oh. play? Do you play the lotto? 
We listened uh, to that, we listened to that story earlier on that one fella. Yeah, I was listening. Uh, to, I was listening to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in the syndicate with the Golf Society. We do the lotto yeah. between us. We, we do a quick pick every, well, some, every couple of weeks. Somebody yeah. said he said he. You see, people are now doing the math. Uh, he said yeah. he, when he won 425k, okay, um, and yeah. the, for, the 45,000 winning tickets would have has to would have cost them 180k, okay. Yeah, so he's up. So he's up three hundred. No, this this is what people are saying. He's not up. He's not up uh, three four five. Sorry, or two four five. He's not up two four five, because to have forty five thousand winning tickets in the lotto, uh, you'd have to buy maybe five, <laughs> six, seven times. Oh, I as thought you bought forty five thousand tickets. No, they were winning tickets. Yeah. They were the winning yeah. ones. We don't know how many. Uh, it's the most bizarre. Bizarre story yeah. I've heard in a long time, but anyway. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. The guy, the, the moment when the lotto came out, the Polish guy. Stefan oh yeah, we, yeah well, Stefan was on. Stefan was uh, on the ball. He was, he was on, on the, the ball. ball. Yeah, he, I wonder where can Stefan is he still around? Can he can he give us an idea why somebody would buy so many? I know it was the rollover and it was seventeen point nine million. It was January twenty two, and it's been all over this program and other programs for the previous six or seven weeks. People saying we yeah. need we need a winner. Okay, okay. Where's oh. where's Con? Another scam. Con, a scam. Con O'Sullivan <laughs> is in Killarney. Con. Hi, Joe. I was I heard the main news there today, and they were talking about. 300,000 homes were going getting money in the next couple of weeks towards well, their right. energy costs. That's right, yeah. And within minutes, I got a a, a, a text from mygov.ie saying that yeah. if I wanted a veil of the, the money, yeah. I should I should click Don't. on the link. Well, it's, well, obviously, it's I, obviously I, I knew straight away Don't. what it was, but you do there's going to be a lot of people caught uh, because uh, it's, it's in the news. Yeah, well, just to be absolutely clear, you do not have to do anything yeah. To to apply for, to get that money, full stop. Yeah, but, but I was no, just saying to my it, wife there while well, I go. Yeah, go on. I was just saying to my wife there while I go, like because people have this on the news today and it pops up in their phone, they're going to say, oh, we need to do this to get the money, you know? So people are you going to get caught yeah. with this one. Ignore it. When it comes through, just block it. End of. End of. Yeah, you will absolutely. not be getting a text from Leo Varadkar saying, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm giving you 300. Well, there's a different payment. I'm giving you, yeah. no, that, if you're entitled to a payment, it will come through the system. And the system um, in many parts of the, the state apparatus is uh, absolutely fantastic. Well well warned, Con. Well warned. Uh, I just thought it was what good killing man. you, Joe. Good man. Good man. The scam started in the last hour from uh, gov.ie. Uh, you were eligible for a discounted electricity bill under the energy support scheme. You can apply here. Forget about it. Don't. Don't. Ignore. Seriously, ignore. No no information to the scammers. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Charlene Redmond used to work for Tesco for four years. Charlene, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? What's Think25? So Think25, it's for the cashier or whoever's working on the till area. Yeah. If we don't think you look 25, we have to ask for ID to buy a product. And if you don't have... So it, so if you don't have I, you need to have the physical ID with you for us to check it. So there's only a certain number of approved IDs. So you'd have like your driving license or your passport. But we can't take a photograph off your phone because they're just too easily altered these days. God. So if you look 25, that's the end of it. If you yes, don't have that's ID. It. We can put you and, yeah. and is it strictly observed, Charlene? Are you monitored? Do you know what I mean? If you don't do it, would you be... Would you be checked by your supervisor? I don't know. Maybe you are a supervisor, but well, it... I, w- I was a supervisor for a short time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when so when it, when you scan the product on the till, it'll come up with a wee flash saying, yeah. I "Think twenty five check for ID." Okay. So at that stage, you know, you're prompted to do it. And in fairness, now Tesco is very good with the training. Every year, you have to do refresher training on it. And so they any... want to make sure that you're definitely checking. Okay, and you say you say to somebody, Charlene. Um, yeah. You don't look twenty-five. What, what what reaction would you get? Would you ever get a? Sometimes I presume you get a positive reaction, saying, "Oh, thanks very much." But other times, oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm I'm sure people um, get annoyed. Do they? 
Yeah, they do. now as say some people would get annoyed and so they might have been like, oh, I was in here last week and I didn't get asked for ID or, you know, they could say a number of things to you, but, you know, you just have to say, you know, just following the company policy here, you don't look 25, could I just ask for some ID? Yeah, but unless you have a driver's licence, who carries like, who carries a passport with them anyway? Um, yeah, oh, well, yeah. usually it would be a driver's licence now in fairness. But okay. I think a lot of people nowadays are used to being asked for ID, you know, when they'd sort of yeah. be expecting you to ask. Okay, okay. Um, and was strictly observed. Now, what about he, the second, which is the Tesco problem? He went in, uh, put the de-alcoholised wine through the scanner. That went beep and the, uh, an assistant came over and said, you can't buy that. What age is your girlfriend? Yeah, uh, so that would be known as like a proxy sale in our training. So if, if we had yeah. a number of customers together, like usually it'd be a group of teenagers. And say okay. one of them was 18 and had ID to buy the alcohol. But because they're together, we'd have to ID them all. Okay, so but, if yeah, one of them okay. wasn't, you know, we'd have to refuse to sale at that stage if they weren't over 18 as a group. So I suppose that's where that came in, because she was with him. And possibly mm. they thought she didn't look 25, and that's why they wanted ID for her then. Yeah, I can understand the teenage kicks thing, but... I think, it's a bit, yeah. I think it's a bit strict. He, he was buying the wine. He's 33. He was yeah. buying, the, well, the de-alcohol is wine. Um, now, is there is there any, are you given any rules and regulations about, no, no, you know, the low the low alcohol, they say no alcohol, but there's 0.5 or whatever in it. Are you given any guidelines about that, de-alcoholized stuff? Do you have to check anything that... No, I don't remember anything specifically about the de-alcoholised one, but mm. anything that has, you know, that needs to check age, generally it'll flash on the system. So once it tells you, you have to check the age. You know, that's it. You pretty much you have to check the age. So if the company decides yeah. that all de-alcoholised, low alcohol, um, that they want to red flag all of that, they just red flag it. Yeah, that's they must it. just have like a wee, yeah, just some yeah. sort of link on the system and it flags it. Yeah, well, they said that they're... They, they have, they've applied in their statement and they say we've applied the policy across all drinks so we can be extra responsible. Yeah, mm. and in fairness now, they are being responsible, so. Yeah, but the, the, the chap who, who hasn't had a drink in five years, he, um, he wants, he doesn't want to drink, but he couldn't buy, anyway, but then if he couldn't buy the alcoholized wine, he couldn't buy alcohol wine either, alcohol-filled wine. Um, yeah, exactly. Difficult. Are you still in Tesco's? No, I left there in July, so I was doing it while I was studying for my PhD. Oh, brilliant. So then when I when I finished it, then I finished up with Tesco, oh, and I'm welcome. just a full-time researcher. And what's your PhD in your topic? Oh, I was looking at inequalities and asthma healthcare outcomes. Asthma healthcare outcomes? Yes. And what what's the arbiter there? Is it class? Is it gender? Is it geography? We actually looked at all of them, so it is. So we looked yeah. at socioeconomic status, yeah. and um, and we looked at differences by gender and age, and done a bit about um, you know specialist services for people with yeah. severe yeah. asthma. Um, and in fairness, like once they get into the service, you know they all do make good improvements. So there's very little variation; they're all doing very well. Okay, and is there is there arbitrary uh, borders to to better or barriers to better? Uh, asthma care in different different settings. Do you follow me? Is there inequality in delivering of alka of asthma care, Charlene? No, the, I mean there would be some differences between uh, sites, but not in the age. Okay, you know, well, it's only very small. That's reassuring, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, and right, well done, and reassuring and correct. And asthma is such a, can be such a serious. A serious uh, challenge to people. Honey, well done, Charlene. Well done. Thanks, Neil. Charlene uh, Redmond. Okay, um, back to numbers and jaw-dropping numbers we heard from carers on Friday about what they were, after a means test, what they were allocated by the state per week. Uh, The figure, the lowest figure we got on Friday was €6 a week to look after 24-7 Three six five um, re- returning, um, ongoing, and Suzanne contacted us. Suzanne, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for having me. Okay, you are affected by the carers means test as well. Yes, that's correct. Tell us. So um, 
I am a mom of five children and I am a qualified uh, medical scientist, but uh, okay. due to my daughter needs, I can go back to work. Okay. And of course, when she was born, I was not bothered about anything really, just to make sure she will survive because uh, she was born yeah. with the complex medical needs. Okay. But after about five months, when she was about five months, I applied for carers because our savings were going to zero and uh, yeah. And we were pretty stuck, you know. Yeah. So I put all the paperwork, all the pay slips, all the bank statements. It's it's pretty intense, uh, I have to say, on the top of the diagnosis and appointments you have. But anyways, we did it. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks later, I got answer that uh, I'm awarded 12 euro and 50 cents. But I said it must be not right. So I appealed this and uh, they asked for more papers. Okay, and as a resolution, it came back that... Uh, Actually, their calculation was not right, and I am eligible only for four euro, and uh, that the difference I should pay back. So <laughs> it was shocking because I mm-hmm. understand that, uh, you know, CARES allowance is means tested, but what is really, really unreasonable for me is that it is means test on the gross income. Yeah, yeah. So it means like any other necessary expenses, like necessary linked yeah. with the direct caring of your daughter or anybody in the family, mortgage or car repayment, which you have to have for yeah. appointments if you live in the rural area. Car, Ireland. yes, okay, for getting around, yes, yes. Everything, and nothing of those are included in that calculation. And I said, now it must be not right, yeah. because it's a huge pressure. And like she was born, she stayed several weeks in a hospital, and I, I came home without her. So it's mentally so hard. I have to travel every single day to hospital. That means you pay toll. That means you pay parking. That yeah, means you pay yeah. for the babysitting. Your spouse has to go back to work because you still have to pay bills. Yeah. It's extremely challenging. I honestly think that if any parent in Ireland, mother or father, mm-hmm. if the child is born with complex medical needs since birth, and you know because you have to sign the paper which says, which says that your child is incapacitated for life, I think that should be non-question to, to parents like that mm. about paperwork or about means test because your life is changed forever. It's changed for all family, for every yeah. child. And another thing is like this gross means test is based on couple. It should consider if you have one also. child or if you have five kids. Also, it should consider how severe this, this medical complex needs are because it's different if you have appointment once per month or once per week or three times per week. Another thing like our daughter on the top of the medical needs was born also with Down syndrome, which mm-hmm. you probably know that Down syndrome itself needs some time, you know, with the therapies. And there are non-therapies provided yeah. by HSE. So you have to go privately for speech and language therapies, for physiotherapies. And when my daughter was born, she was also, she has a complex heart issue. So she was not able to eat for seven months. That means she was able to be only tube fed. Yeah. which means all her muscles on the throat, yeah. on the tongue, were not developed. So you really, like, you have even bigger waist, like all these NG tubes and all these syringes. Like, everything is more. You have more costs with the petrol, you have more costs with the tolls, you have more costs with the appointments, with the waste, and nothing of that it, it is considered. So it's really cruel, in my opinion, to parents, because it, take, it takes you so long time to just get to the you know real life because it takes the time to just accept like what happened I just have a baby now you see other people who are happy yeah, yeah. you are praying there that your child will just survive like you see other people are going to christening but you yet have to baptize child in the hospital chapel because you don't know if she's going to survive like you have mm. to go home she has to stay you have not guaranteed that she will be not transferred to Kremlin during night yeah. so all that pressures I really think should be considered when we talk about means test because these expenses on children are necessary. It's not yeah. it's not something you just it's do for optional. leisure. It's not optional. It's no. not optional. No. Uh, Susan, and again to remind listeners, you, you applied for a carer's allowance and the, and the, the carer's allowance is based on gross income of all, uh, is the sum of all wages, salaries, profits, interest payments, rents and other forms of earnings before any deductions are taxes. And those deductions and taxes in Ireland with between the USC and the top tax rate can go to 54% if you're, if you're self-employed. 54% of, of your income goes to the state. Um, but that 54% is, is as far as 
the assessment for your carers allowance, they 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 say you have that fifty four. You have a hundred percent of your income, which you don't. You don't. No one does in this. No, you don't see that money, Joe. Okay. Uh, and and they and they initially sent you a letter saying how much twelve was it twelve fifty. Twelve fifty, then oh. reduced to four, and it's hard to be honest. Like when I opened that letter, yeah. I couldn't stop crying. Like it was so hard because you know. Uh, it was a stressful time and uh, it took several months for us, you know, but then even yeah. children start feeling that because we can go there, we can do this, you can go this activity. So one day, you know, they sit down in the kitchen and they say, Mom, why we can't go like others? Yeah. Like, why it is? So I just took two two euro coins, I put it on the table. I say, boys, do you think it is so much money or little money? So one of them is around 10. So he said, oh, you can get a bread and milk for this. And another one, he's seven, and he said, Mom, it's only four euros. Like, you know, it's, it's a little. So I said, boys, that's what I'm getting for one week for taking care of your sister. Day and night, 24 hours. If I have to go to hospital, if I have to sleep on the chair, that's what I am worth for the, for the government, four euros. A the week, a week, crying. remember, a, a week. week. Yes. So the youngest boys start crying, but since they never took it wrong when I said we can't go here or yeah, we can't do yeah. that, I know it's tough, tough, but that's how you have to explain that to yeah. kids. And another way, like my daughter, she has also deteriorating eyesight, which means she, since yeah. she was 10 months, she yeah. has to wear glasses. Okay. But to my shock, last February, HSE stopped any funding on the glasses for babies, like my, my daughter. And it's shocking because, because of her anatomy of the face, she has to have a specialized glasses because there are other issues with her eyes. Like we are talking one glasses are starting about 180 euro and it's not luxury. It's just necessity for her to be able to see us. And again, at least three glasses we had this year. And sometimes you have to change lenses because she has also yeah. sensory issues. So she's biting. So it's so tough, you know, like to tell this to parents who has a child with complex medical needs, they would pay you if they can. They would do anything to have a healthy child. And then you have to fight for 5 euro, for 10 euro, for 20 euro. You eventually get tired of that and sick. And yeah, yeah. it's really hard because you are only one person. Yeah. And doesn't matter how hard you try, you have your limits. And uh, and that's, the, I think, the biggest worry for any parent, like... I do hope, though, you know, that uh, even though she has complex medical needs, that mm. nothing else will come down the road because yeah. that's my biggest issue. It's, it's not Susan, Down syndrome at the moment. Susan, how do you survive financially? <laughs> you know, once we lost our savings, it was tough. Mm. Um, it was point in our life where we have to ask for help. Mm. We have to reach out to <laughs> You know, to ask to... to ask friends or... Yes, yeah. some friends to help me with the clothes and some Vincent the Paul with the food. And I'm saying that we, we have people who were working all the time. Yeah. We never claimed any yeah. any social payment. We do pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. We paid for our education to get like... And we are slightly over means, means that we are not like rich people. We were always just regular people, you know, but we worked hard and we knew we have a bigger family, but we were not reckless. We moved seven times around Ireland. We bought house in the place where we could afford. Yeah. I had all my friends in Dublin. We had great jobs there. But we said, look, it's, we changed the schools. Like you said, that's life, you know, like you can travel okay. to see friends. And, and my husband would tell I always told him, we are blessed. We have four healthy kids. And I always said that, like... Little I knew that in, say, eight years' time or seven years' time, I'm here. So that's why I think it's very wrong, you know, because even if you are slightly over the means test, you mm -hmm. know, you work hard, you have bigger responsibility, a job. It's not like, you know, it's punishment. I feel like punished that we were working hard. I feel like punished that I accepted my daughter, that I love her. And I would care for her even if I had I zero know. money. I, I, know, I love I know, her. I and if you see her, she's beautiful, really, really beautiful child but yet so dependent you know on you so it's just breaking your heart how this is not seen see by government like i'm sure if any any of them will be in the hospital talking to parents who are there they will understand that it's not a joke because you have no break you have nights when you don't sleep few weeks you are worried each time that there is some symptoms that there is new condition 
it's very different to have child with the complex needs. And I think I can compare because I had four healthy children yeah, before. Yeah. And it was much easier to take care of four yeah, kids of than of that one. And uh, I don't want to complain and I don't no, want to I sound negative. You're describing because your situation. I, I do love her. Yeah. But it's tough. It's really, even this crisis at the moment we are living, you know, like, it also affects carers. Like, it affects you because you have to pay everything more expensive and mm-hmm. you have only one salary. You don't have, like, extra income, you know what I mean? And you you try to put and pay everything and regardless, you know, like, you have good spouse, it puts lots of financial pressure on the relationship. And I think it just... Uh, it shouldn't open door. I think for many couples, I think this, this this opens door to abuse because mostly women are at home, and it maybe it is no problem two three years, but it might be problem. Okay. If it is I, eight years. Susan, you were telling me um, about how you survive financially, and you've had to ask friends for food and second-hand clothes or whatever. But how are you surviving psychologically? Uh, it's it's not easy, you know, because sometimes even when you try to talk to someone, they always say, oh, you're just tired, you know, it's, you have loads of on your plate. And it's true, you have loads of on the plate. But I don't know, I spoke a lot to my daughter. I know it's a terrible thing to say because she's only 15. But you have to, you know, you are worried to speak to people. First of all, everybody has lots of problems on their own. They are busy. Mm. Not everybody will understand. I would have maybe one or two people I can truly say honestly what I feel within okay. Down syndrome community. And I would have maybe one or two friends that if I really, really am stuck, they would help me. Okay. And then emotionally, how are you coping? I have to say that to having other children helps me a lot. You know, because yeah, kids yeah. are kids and they yeah. can yeah. they can see beauty in the small things. Like having... Having our daughter really stopped us, you know, put that values on the right place. And sometimes even when you have less, you're trying to be happy in the small things. I'm happy we are not in hospital, for example. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried because we have appointment in two weeks, which is so important. And I can't sleep already because I'm worried what come out of that. But today I'm happy. I know we can sit down in the evening or Friday evening and watch a movie and no one is in the hospital. I don't have yeah. to be worried yeah. about these okay. things. So. That that things makes you happy, but there are days when you're just sitting and crying, and you have got it's heavy to carry. You know, I don't want to say no, but it's just heavy. Help me. Stay stay with us, Susan. Uh, we'll be back after this break. Joe at RT.ie five one double five one is a text. Talk to Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Susan, there's an enormous amount of goodwill uh, towards you and your horrific situation that you're in. Um, and we hope, again, I said on Friday, to send out a letter to say to somebody, well, first of all, 12.50, and you said, are you sure? And they said, no, we're not sure. It actually should be €4 Euro per week to... Two euro coins is what you are the extra coming into your household because of what's um what's going what what your family is going through and uh, as a family and with your darling darling uh, daughter with her special needs. So Susan, we we'll um, keep in touch and I hope I know I can hear the worry in your voice now about that uh, that medical appointment in a couple yeah. of weeks' time. So hopefully, you see, it's very important, Joe, that it is recognised that. Uh once you reach the point that you are so sick, it's it might get even worse. Like that happens in our family a few months ago. Yeah. I got sick, which I before never got sick, but I got really sick, and my husband had to take time off work, which was unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> that was tough because we didn't have any other income that time. But what resulted as as a result, I asked carers to be reviewed, which slightly was increased, but again, yeah, it's only until yeah. January. But it's what my hope is that it's great thing that uh, it will be increased in next June. Mm-hmm. But it's so long yeah. to wait for people who are dependent on this little help. This was announced in the budget, and all the income issues for the government uh, in the in the budget come into effect that night for money to come into the exchequer. Yeah. But a lot of the um, outgoings are the improvements. In your case. Uh, carer's case, the change in the means test, the, the widening of the allowances, doesn't come in until next June. Yeah. 
Really unfair. And I, I'm sure really that it's very unfair because I'm yeah. sure I'm not the only one carer who is affected yeah. by that. But yeah. uh, but that's what we've as, if, as if I said. If it takes on your health, then yeah. you know, that's that's the worst thing. As because said, uh, in the in the worst thing, it will affect every single yeah. member in the family. Yeah. Okay, Susan. As I said, on I was jaw drops on jaws dropped on Friday when with six euro. Now it's down to four euro. You were offered. Uh, you they told you you were entitled to. Susan, kind regards to you uh, and and your family, and we'd keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for th- th- for listening, Joe. Thank you, thank you for contacting us. And it's Joe at rt.ie. Let's move to a a, a, a different uh, form of heroism because Susan shows incredible heroism and is showing it and her daughter, Martin Kirby. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for taking the call. And thanks for making the call. Tell us about this incredible story. Well, Joe, like it's going back about 42 years ago. I used to do a bit of jogging. It was a bit of a key fanatic, and yeah. I used to run out to a place called Killaloo yeah. outside Limerick. You probably know it. No, well, Killaloo, Ballina, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, There's a place just past Killaloo called Two Mile Gate. It's like a little kind of a beach area, like, you know, where people right. go swimming, and there's a bit of a pier there. But I used to run out there, and the wife would follow me out. Um, in the car, you know, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half later, and um, okay. I go, I go for a swim. Yeah. Um, and I, this particular day, summer's day, I got out and I went, got ready, and I sat into the car and got changed into a tracksuit. And the next thing, I was sitting down listening to the, I think it was the All Ireland on the, of course, yeah, yeah, on the radio. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the next thing, the wife anyway came over and she said, "Are you, are you awake?" I said, "I am, yeah." And she said, look, there's a big gang of people there. There's someone drowned in the side in the, in the lake. And I said, you're joking. And I got out of the car and there's a big gang of people all looking at this lad going in and out of the water and, you mm. know, getting sick and going up and down and all that. And I dived in straight away and swam over to him, like, dead fast. Like, I was fairly good at the swimming at the time. And um, grabbed hold of him and he grabbed me and shoved me under the water, kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, panic, panic, and, panic, yeah. Panic, yeah. So anyway, to cut a long story short, I kind of remembered about turning him around and kind of, I done the backhand then and got him in. I got him in safe anyway and everyone was clapping and saying fair play to you and all this type of thing, like, you know? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't believe, like, that they were all standing there looking and no one would drive in to save him. But I saved him anyway. And I, I reckon at the time, I thought he was only about 14 or 15 years old. My wife said he was about 16 or 17. But, um... To cut a long story short, anyway, like, we just said goodbye, and he said, thanks a lot, and he went off. I thought he was going off with his mother, but <laughs> my wife said it was his girlfriend. It wasn't his mother, you know? Okay. So I don't know why I thought that, but that's gone back a lot of years ago. So to come forward with this story, Joe, going back yeah. about, like, I'm a tax, taxi driver in Limerick there for the last 40, 50 years, and going back about 12 or 14 years ago, I got a call. I used to work nights at the time. I don't work mm-hmm. nights no more. Yeah. I got a call to pick up a gang of people in the minibus. I always drove an eight-seater minibus. Good lad, yeah, yeah. I picked up um, three ladies and three gentlemen, husbands mm-hmm. and wives, you know, so yeah. I was yeah. them into town to go out for dinner, and I was there rigging away, listening to the radio on low, and they were saying, one of them was after saying, like, you know, they were laughing, and they said, you could be dead tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And one of them said, like, you know, he said, if it wasn't for a taxi driver, I would have been dead about you know, 30 or 40 years ago, whatever right. way it came out, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, And of course, I froze, I did, like, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, like, you know, I just couldn't believe it. I looked in the mirror, and this man, like, would have been into his late 30s, early 40s, you know? Okay. And the time I saved him, like, you know, but I, I don't know whether it's just him or not, but it's just, I've just been thinking, all the programs I've been listening to down through the years, I've listened to since day one, believe it or not, but... Um, you've always done programs there regarding people saving people and this yeah. that, and the other. And so did you not I, ask? I, did you not ask your your fare in the back? Did you not say to I them did, where where did it happen? I didn't, Joe. They were all okay. kind of laughing and giggling, and oh, I kind okay. of felt like as if I don't know. I just felt like sure. I mean, I could have been anyone. I could be any taxi driver. Yeah, I know. I know. Saying that hope and that he might throw me an extra fiver on the bill oh, or something. Okay. You know. Okay. That's, okay. that's the way I was thinking, anyway. It was just yeah. after... And Martin, just... Uh, you know, when, because I'm fascinated by this, because we were always told, when you go in to try and save a drowning person, unintentionally, they will try and drown you. They will panic and pull you under. Well, they did, Joe. I went under, I did. He kind of grabbed my hair. I had hair at the time, but he grabbed my... 
grabbed my hair and I went down under, I did, like, you know, but I was fairly fit, like, you know, and um, I kind of came back up and I kind of remembered listening to programmes about trying to turn them around and, you know, kind of grab mm-hmm. hold onto their neck. And I did, and I just done the backhand with one hand, and I got in. Good lad, I wasn't good miles out now, you know, I wasn't yeah, miles still, out. No. And by the way, of, uh, you know, the, Martin, you know when you were shouting at people, why did why doesn't one of you help? Did, did he all say, we can't swim, or we're too nervous, or...? I didn't, I just said it. I, 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 they were all kind of, there's a big gang there of about maybe 20 or 30 people looking at all this going on with me saving the young lad. There's a lot of fit-looking men there as well. Yeah, like, did anyone even... Was there a life boy or a towel or anything they could have used as a makeshift to try and reach out to this person? No, this happens like on the pier, you know, the okay, kind of the a pier, steel yeah, pier yeah. where boats go down the sides of the pier and all that kind of thing. But you can dive in off of the pier. And I used to be out okay. there very regularly. I love Killaloo, like, lovely place. But um, I kind of know it fairly well. So I, I dived in and swam out and just less than a minute even, like, you know, just grabbed him okay. and went under and he went under and I came back up and I just got him in anyway, like, you know, and he was kind of um, coughing and spluttering, you know, the usual good stuff, man, all the bits and pieces, you know. Um, and but by... if, if I thought, does anyone listen to this programme that might, like, I suspect this, this man might live in Castle Try in Limerick, okay. up around by Mona, Mona Lane, loved, GAA. You'd so. love to meet him, you'd love to find out. Well, I would, yeah, I, it's just yeah. on my mind now, like, I'm a lot older now, like, okay. than what okay. I was, you know, so... Have you ever had to jump uh, in or save anyone since, Martin? No, I haven't, Joe, like, no, I have not, no. Okay, well... I haven't, no, just a one-off thing, like, in well, one, one, one life, there. one life is enough, that's a big difference, one life is enough. Um, that's for, it, if, yeah, uh, you don't realise it at the time, yeah. when that young lad walked away up along to get into the car or whatever he was doing, like, you know, like, you wouldn't thinking I'm after saving his life. When you get older, you kind of cop on, like, you know, about, yeah, yeah. about that, like, type of thing. But okay, I really we'll, appreciate we'll, getting we'll, on the air. We'll put it out there. Killaloo. What, what, do you know, do you remember the year? I said, my wife reckons about 42 years ago, Joe, about 42 years. That's what she reckons. So the early like, 80s, 1980, 81. I'd say so, yeah, around yeah. that, like, oh, you know, okay. summer, okay. summer's day. Oh, okay, I'd Martin. Say, sa- yeah, safe, safe travelling, Martin. Uh, and Thank I know you away. Good man, good, 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 good. That was at Lock Gorgeous outside Killaloo and Limerick. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Good afternoon, Mairead. Good afternoon, Joe. Back, we were talking about last week uh, home delivery and shopping. What, 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 what's your story? Well, I suppose what piqued my interest earlier on was the poor chap trying to buy the non-alcoholic bottle of wine. Okay. And his companion, you know, it's in relation really to proxy purchasing. I mean, in, with the advent of online shopping, you know, you can order any amount of alcohol online and have it delivered to your doorstep. And nobody uh, asks any questions who's behind me as I'm taking the delivery. No, but there is, there is we discovered this last week. If you were, uh, if you, in your big shop that's delivered, mm-hmm. a small shop that's delivered from the supermarket to your door, okay? Yeah. Uh, they have, first of all, they're not allowed, if, if you leave instruction, oh, please leave it at beside the green bin, I'll be back in 20 minutes. If there's yeah. alcohol in it, they're not allowed to leave it. If there's alcohol yeah. in it, they're not allowed to leave yeah. it. And it's, I presume that means that when the hall door opens, if an, an 8, 10, 12, 14-year-old, 16-year-old child says, oh, thanks very much. If there is mm-hmm. alcohol in the order, you would have to ask for an adult in that house. Yeah. That's my yeah. understanding. That's my understanding. Yeah. But I suppose my point was, this poor chap, his companion who was beside him yeah, at the no, table, was yeah. asked for identification. Who's to know who's standing behind me at my hall door? Okay. They're not asked for identification. Yeah, that's true, yeah. That's true. You know, it's... Yeah. it's, 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 it's it's a grey a grey area. It is a grey area. Do, do, mm-hmm. do with some clarity. Okay, Mairead. Good yeah. to meet you, That's Mairead. Thank That's you, thank you so point. much. Yeah, well made, well made. Catherine Campbell. Um, back, this 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 means test for carers just has to be humanised. It really has. This is horrific, these stories. Catherine in loud. Go ahead, Catherine, your case. Joe, okay. I just want to... I listened to Susan there and I just felt everything she said, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm a lot further down the road than than she is, but I, you know, I could identify with everything she said. You know, ch- child mm-hmm. is born with complex needs, 
and you end up spending a lot more time in hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, you come home, um, the whole family dynamic is, is it's gone from what you knew. It's totally upset. Um, mm. Virtually, you know, apart from your own family and good friends, you're on your own because early intervention is quite haphazard, really, as most people know. Um, but, you know, you get through it, but it's the constant, constant, I guess, you know, mm. worry of um, care is being pulled. Um, and I think, as Susan said, if your child is diagnosed at birth with a life-limiting or lifelong condition, you know, that that's mm. not going to change. And what, what are you looked, what did they look for when, when they were means you testing know, you, Catherine? No, everybody's asked to complete the form and yeah. it's, um, you know, it's quite invasive um, into your personal uh, finances. Um, everything is looked for and, mm-hmm. you know, generally you'll send it in and it'll, you know, it can come back looking for more information and more information and you're given quite a short deadline um, to do that, which is difficult nowadays to actually get paper documents you know yeah, statements paperwork. and that and do, but, for, for example do they do they look for wage slips oh absolutely absolutely yeah 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 they uh, do but yeah. if, when did you when did you stop working outside the home for example how far back did you want your wage slips um well in my case I was asked to send in my last three um wage slips but I mean I gave up work 20 odd years ago <laughs> but so, surely they um, said uh, send in if you are have paid employment outside the home um, send in your most recent wage slips from this year but you hardly had to send in wage slips from 20 years no, ago Catherine yeah well I didn't yeah you of know, course you didn't don't, you don't have them but it's I think in general just carers are not recognised for the work they do Um, and that I think the whole attitude needs to to, um, be re-looked and reviewed within the department because people doing a job that by choice nobody would want to do but to live to do it under the constant um, worry and scrutiny and wondering if, you know, the the allowance is going to be pulled at any time. It's um it's not fair. Yeah. It's it's just not fair. And, you know, as I said before, that to undertake a full time course is impossible. Yeah. You know, for yeah. carers who are able to do some part time work, you are allowed to work a certain amount of hours. But some people won't be able to undertake part-time work. Of course, of course. But you feel as if you're being penalised if your child attends a school or day facility because you cannot undertake. And don't um, don't even mention slipping out for an hour or two for yourself. Social life, a coffee with someone... uh, uh, a group meeting that it's it's everything. It's yeah. as I say, it's twenty four seven three six five recurring, recurring. Well, it is. There is no, you know, you don't yeah. get your two weeks holidays or you don't get bank holidays off or weekends. Yeah. Most yeah. carers are really, you know, um, no, that you're bank, on call. I guess you're yeah. on call is is you just don't know when you'll get a call from the school or that means whatever. test. That um, means test has to be humanised. And I can't. You can't. There must be a minimum that you that that carers are given, regardless of their paper income or whatever. Uh, all before fact, there must Joe, be a minimum. Time, it's an insult to send someone. It is. It is an insult. Four o'clock. Four. Two. You're entitled to two two euro coins per week. Per week. Mm-hmm. That was Susan was. That's what yeah. sixty fifty three cent a day or whatever. But anyway. Well, and I mean, it, if you return then an A4 envelope and register post, it's going to cost you the guts of ten euros. That's right. That's right. You know, that's and right. you know, to be to be fair, I think it's yeah. really and Carers Ireland will have lobbied, you know, government in the past at each budget, and they really need to sit down and 
just show yeah. a bit of humanity. Yeah. I think at this stage, you know, like this is a job, as I said, that is thrust upon people as you know, a time yeah. that yeah. should be the happiest in, in people's lives. And, you know, as the years go on, um, I can't, you know, I can't see where improvements have, have come, really. Um, yeah. You know. And as but, I say, the means, you know, the, the means test uh, limits are, are increasing, but it's next June. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. That's okay. Catherine, yeah, Catherine. Um, thanks indeed. Thanks indeed. That's Catherine. Thank you. Catherine, indeed. Uh, thank, you. Um, thank you indeed. Uh, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And the sudden passing of Ben Don cannot go unremarked on this programme. He was a regular contributor. He used to call in. He would, um, and indeed was a, a great help on many occasions in terms of charity. And I actually co-presented a programme with him on television called Highly Recommended. So we finished today and that little piece from Ben Don, that little prayer that he, he came out with when he was on with Brendan O'Connor during uh, COVID. Uh, today's uh, producer was Sean O'Gorman and Ray Darcy is next and we finish with the voice of the late Ben Dunn. All my nights have been followed by more days but in this world of mine a night will come when there will be no more day for me. Lord, look after me today. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie